Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 360. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and today my stand-in co-host is my company's senior SEO, Scott Van Ack. Unfortunately, John Carkett is not feeling well, so he's uh, he's off for the day. How are you doing, Scotty? I'm fantastic. You know, summer's finally here and uh, getting out and doing all the summer stuff. Yes. Yes, and you and I get to go and do a little camping this weekend, which is going to be great. I think it's only the second time in 16 years I've been out camping with you, so yep. it'll be good times. <laughs> it's going to be fun. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, whether John's here or not, there's always lots of news. But first off, I want to remind uh, listeners that uh, we do now have a show notes newsletter, so you can get the notes, get these important links, all that stuff uh, sent to your mailbox. Just go to seo101radio.com. That's seo101radio.com, um, and 101, so it's not, yeah, anyway, radio.com, and you can sign up right there for the newsletter, and it'll come to you after every episode's aired. If there isn't an episode that's aired, you won't receive it. That's simple and that clean. All right, just uh, reminding you. All right, so this is uh, interesting. Google is notifying webmasters to remove the no index from robots.txt files. And Scott and I were talking about this earlier, and I actually had gotten it confused and thought it was something even more important. But it's true. We don't think we've really seen this being used in a long time, right? Yeah, I, I you know, maybe I've encountered it a couple times over the years, but uh, I can't think of a specific example where I've seen someone use no index in a robots.txt file. Not yeah, to be confused with the meta, not to be confused with meta robots. Yeah, and the meta would be on the pages themselves. Um, now, in this case, robots.txt file, for those that don't know, it's it's something that resides in the root of your website. And it's a place where you can provide commands to search engine spiders, uh, what they can and can't do, what can they can access, et cetera. Um, really, to anything that's, that's at the website um, that visits it. Uh, you can block certain IP addresses. Uh, actually, no, sorry, that's the HD access. Geez, I'm getting things confused today. <laughs> <laughs> Um, anyway, search engines, that's what you're focused on with using robots.txt. But can you describe to them how the no index even would work? I can't even remember. You know, I'm not sure how, I know how to do it the correct way using user agent disallow. Yeah. Um, but I don't know how people were doing it with no index in the robots text. You should have um, a better memory than me. So that maybe. Yeah. That's how often we came across it. So yeah. <laughs> but it, it seems to be floating around. People are talking about it and making kind of a big deal about it, how it was, it's no longer being supported, even though Google says they never really ever supported it because I don't know if it was ever actually a thing, um, but it's making its waves. It's, it's getting it's around. It's like the it. crawl delay. People still, still, you still see that once in a while. And that has, if, if Google ever allowed that, and I don't think, I'm not certain they ever did. Um, it's ancient. I mean, it's been long since ignored, but you still see people using it. Yeah, so if, but the important thing to know though is if you are blocking a site from Google intentionally, I don't know why you do that, but let's say you are. Or pages. Maybe, yeah, maybe it's a dev or who knows. Uh, and you want to keep it blocked, make sure you're doing it correctly. Check your robots and make sure it's not a no index. Make sure it is a, a user agent 
uh, disallow. Yeah, and and you're going to be finding out about this if you're properly, as you should be, um, signed into Google Search Console and you've claimed your website, you'll getting a notice about this if you do have that in your robots.txt file. So Google's notifying people. All right, next up, swipe to visit has arrived on Google Images. Now this is for AMP-enabled sites only, and I thought it was really cool and worth a mention. Um, essentially, for those of you who have invested the time into becoming AMP-enabled, if you haven't seen any you know, really big results from that, um, this is kind of a, a thriller. Really what it does is if someone is um, in Google Images and they like an image, they, they click on it. Um, this is on, on mobile. Uh, the image typically just comes up and then there's an option to go to the website. Well, in this case, the there at the bottom, there's actually a preview, full, it looks like a fully operational one, of your website that you just you can press, actually drag up to the screen and it's, it's like um, glimpsing it through, uh, well, what we used to call a iframe or a frame within the page, but it, it's not. It's much slicker, really, really attractive. And most importantly, it is triggering a, uh, a visit to your website, a page view. So um, if they didn't, that would be a little hard to swallow because you wouldn't be able to track how much of that's happening. Anyways, I think it's really cool. Uh, it is a way for you to get a little more traffic if you're using AMP. Um, it's a good thing to do. Now, is it worthwhile switching every website to AMP? No. I strongly believe it's not. Um, really, they're meant for news websites. Um, will it hurt you if you do? No, it, it, except for the perhaps for the user experience. Um, AMP-enabled websites tend to be a bit sparse. Um, that's why they load so quickly. Um, and, and for those who don't know, AMP stands for Accelerated Mobile Pages. It's technology that brought up was brought up by Google. And uh, it's now quite well adopted. Uh, and it is, again, it's, it's designed for news websites. It's designed for sites that have a lot of content that want to deliver, deliver that content quickly. Um, Scott, have we, I don't think we even have, well, we've got a couple bigger clients that use AMP, but really we haven't recommended anyone transition to it. No, we've, we've definitely had people ask if they should switch everything to AMP, and our general answer is no, just like you had suggested for the same reasons. Um, we have a couple clients that do have some use of AMP within their blogs and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. But they, it isn't really widespread amongst our client base yet, no. at least. Now, if, if John was on the show right now, he'd be talking about how important it is to him. Obviously, he's running a news site. He's doing you know marketing or actually, no, he was doing the marketing for news sites. Um, he's no see I'm getting confused here again <laughs> I didn't have my videos today apparently you know he is doing the marketing internally yeah he just doesn't work on their their clients stuff now anyway at advanced local so he he is dealing with this all the time and amp is critical to a major news site so uh, you know it really depends on who you are and what market you're in but I do think that this is a really good add-on who knows if it's going to stick around, but it looks slick and it can't have been an easy thing to program in. It, it would probably, you know, it gives you that one extra benefit if you are using AMP. It's probably going to help with click-through rates and that sort of thing. So, you know, I, I can't see anything bad coming of this. Maybe just <laughs> one of those extra little nuggets that uh, might encourage people to make a switch. What I really like about it is, you know, up till now, there's been issues with people being kind of pissed off that 
the content is being used by Google and people haven't had to go to their website because the content's just been showing in Google and they get what they need and they, they move on. That way the people really weren't getting any benefit. Well, in this case, at least they're getting the benefit of a page view. There's some indication that they've seen their own website. Uh, that's a good thing. So, um, All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some more Google My Business issues because that seems to be a trending issue every show now. <laughs> we'll be right back. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. It passes before it's noticed. A slight rising of the eyebrows, a widening of the eyes. It may be accompanied by an almost imperceptible inhalation. The heart adds a beat like a quiet exclamation point on the experience. Within a tenth of a second, the reaction has passed, but not without leaving its mark. Someone found what they're looking for. Does your website deliver impulses to act? It can. Intended Consequences is the podcast for digital marketers who see their job as changing hearts and minds. If you're frustrated, bored, or in a rut, it's time to spread your wings with me, Brian Massey, and my guests. Find out how successful, curious, creative, and data-driven marketers are making a difference on purpose. Visit IntendedPodcast.com or find us where you get your podcasts. Intended Consequences, marketing on purpose. WebmasterRadio.fm is the destination for education, entertainment, and engagement. Engage with our panel of on-air experts and peers by following us on Facebook, Google+, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on air or on demand from our website or through iTunes, Stitcher, or however you get your podcasts. Interact and stay informed. Just search for WebmasterRadio.fm. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm, hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc., and my company's senior SEO, Scott Van Eck. Okay, so <laughs> last episode, we talked about short names. This is a feature within Google My Business where you, they still prompt you to do it. Uh, you can go in there and you can add a short name for your business. So um, uh, just a, an, a, an easy way for you to send people to your site, uh, to your Google My Business listing. Well, there, is, there was a problem when people did it. Sometimes their site, their, their entire Google My Business listings were dropped, immediately removed. And the only reason they knew that that was because of the short names is one person was able to get in there and change their short name back or change it to something different and their um, profile reappeared. 
So it, it did appear to be that. And Google did say there were current problems and there was a bug. Well, now they're saying that current problems uh, or that the problem has been fixed and that if you're still not showing, it's likely the result of content or policy violations. Now I get a kick out of this because frankly, it is annoying as hell that Google doesn't even tell you what the violation is. I've dealt with a few clients over the last uh, while that uh, are new clients who've come to me begging to get help to get their sites or their Google My Business listings back in and they have nothing to go on. They, they don't get any notice of what it is or what for what reason they were pulled. And since Google has been making a lot of mistakes lately, that has been well, a bit hard to swallow because you really don't know if it was legitimate. And even if it was, it's often a mistake. Um, they're just taking uh, a really large bat and going across a ton of sites right now or tons of, of different um, profiles. And they're catching a lot of innocent people, it appears. Um, anyway, uh, there are quite a few people saying that, no, this, is not, this bug has not been corrected because they know they're not doing anything wrong. And they did that short name thing and they were removed. So um, I wouldn't say it's completely fixed yet. And as has happened before, they've said things are fixed and really they were said it too quickly. There were just too many people that were still affected that it took time to weed through. Then they were fixed and they got back in. So it could be that it's just a matter of time and, and uh, you know, that person will show up uh, back in the good old Google My Business listings. Let's hope so. Um, next up, people also searched for is something that... Um, is being added to GMB's or Google My Business's suggest and edit. So if you go to a, um, a, a listing on Google My Business uh, or Google Maps and you think that there's something wrong with the listing, you can, as a public, as the public, click on it, suggest and edit. Well, this is only being seen once in a while, but uh, it's something I noticed on the local search forum.com um, that uh, there was this option, which is really unique, where Google had asked whether or not, I'm just going to go and see the screenshot here. Um, so right below opening, there's an opening date. And then below that, it says people also search for. And the person suggesting an edit were able to, it looks like he was able to type in there what he wanted. Um, in this case, it was a acupuncture place. So he added things like chiropractors, health centers, like names of actual businesses. Um, quite the coup if this is something that is, is rolled out. I have not seen it yet. Um, but if you do see of it, please let us know. Um, how do you think you would use this, Scott? Well, they, there sort of are some obvious black hat <laughs> applications, right? Um, now, of course, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't recommend anybody to do that because you could get yourself in trouble and all that kind of stuff. And well, what's well? And, I guess the, what would be the black hat thing? I mean, putting another business's name in there, I guess, isn't if people search for it and are relevant. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess that's true. You know, like I, I feel like you could go to find all your competition and <laughs> your business name in the people always search for for everybody, and 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 hoping your competition is looked for. Everyone that's searching sees you. Um, I don't know that it would necessarily work that easily, but um, I, you know, it'd be a great little pull for Google or a little tease. You could say, okay, you put all these in there and then they could get a notice later. Okay. You're showing up for clear light acupuncture um, or you could be showing up there, but you have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cause you're not likely going to show up just because you put a business's name and the people also search for well, that's it, true. extra data for them to work with. We don't know. This is uh, it, 
it almost reads to me a bit like a meta keyword tag. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, so I struggle to see why it would even exist because Google ignores that anyways. And, and why would they sort of revert back to a similar time where it could no. be so easily gamed potentially? This could also be a fantastic um, uh, trap. Uh, people going in there and editing and adding a lot of spam would be a great way to identify people who are spammers. Yeah, and Google could track that easily. You're logged in. You see your IP. They, they would know who's adding that info. Oh, yeah. You can't edit a profile without being logged in. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, maybe that's what it is. a booby trap. It's a honeypot. <laughs> Look out. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, like you said, like being like a meta tag, it could easily be butchered and overused. Um, I guess if it was something that was really of value to them, I would just make sure that it's limited to you can only use three different things or four different things or whatever. Uh, but I'm really curious how it will give them much more value. All right, next up here. Uh, and now I'm getting a lot of this from the local search forum.com or I'm uh, owned by Joey Hawkins. Uh, wonderful Joey. We've had her on the show before. Uh, it's one of my great little information resources. I like going there and just finding out what's, What's hot? What's happening? Obviously, it's cutting edge because it's people posting about their issues on uh, Google My Business. Uh, and since that's a big part of all our lives, anyone who with a local uh, business, it's, it's quite cool to get in there and, and uh, find out what's happening. In this case, Google is temporarily unable to transfer reviews in this one instance. Anyway, um, this is a post by Rich Owings. He says uh, this is the quote that he got from Google when he was trying to transfer some reviews from one profile to another which by the way is something you can do uh, if you own or you know, if you follow the process. Anyway, it says, and this is a quote from Google, due to a technical issue, we are unable to transfer the reviews for now. Our engineers are working on the issue, but they don't have an estimate for when the issue will be resolved. Once the issue is fixed, we'll troubleshoot further, <laughs> unquote. Wonderful. I don't know about you, but I wouldn't feel too, promise, too positive about that message. I, I'm sure they'll get to it when the short name issue is fixed. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And hopefully it won't be months because, you know, reviews are very critical to businesses and transferring them, consolidating them in many cases is what people are doing, um, is very important for these businesses. And, and Google needs to understand, needs to, because they've messed up a lot lately, in my opinion. Um, on Google My Business, that this is the livelihood of businesses. Uh, one of our clients um, managed to get reinstated recently, um, despite the fact that uh, they were pretty much being told every time they'd reached out that there's a backlog, but she managed to wade through that um, and super happy for it. What a great result. Uh, but it's it is not common. And a lot of businesses are waiting and waiting and waiting for Google to do something about this. Uh, and and I'm, I'm sure there's people losing their shirts, just like the Florida update. You know, they just went through and just made a big mess. And this is back in, was it 2004? You were, you were around for that, right? Well, it was my early days. That yeah. was a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and they made a whole bunch of changes before Christmas that pretty much killed a number of companies because for whatever reason, they were in violation of Google's new guidelines and they were all ready for the Christmas season and they were removed from Google. They dropped entirely or they were completely banned. Um, and as a result, the 
the feedback, the blast back on Google was so severe that they no longer make big changes like that in organic, or very rarely anyway. Um, and usually it's cautiously and certainly not before Christmas. Well, what I see going on with Google My Business right now may not be at that level, but it's certainly just as damaging in many ways because Google My Business is the main driver of businesses of business for many businesses right now. Uh, and if they lose their visibility simply by adding a short name, which Google was prompting them to do, hello, um, that's devastating. As, you know, during the summer months, tour operators, uh, you, you can't function without these. Anyway, rent. Mini rent is over. Um, well, it's just, it's scary how much power Google really has over a business. It, very much so. Yeah, it, it is. And there should be no excuse uh, when it comes to this stuff. Of course, they legal gets involved. They can't say anything, but it would really be nice if they took it a little more seriously. All right, we have uh, one more break, then we're going to jump into some questions. We'll be right back. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress. Powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Ready to do a podcast for your business? Make that podcast elevate to enterprise level. Let WebmasterRadio.fm expedite and execute your podcast to build your brand and broaden your customer base. WebmasterRadio.fm has worked with the world's biggest tech brands, Google, Yahoo, and Bing, and have worked with fast-growing brands like ShipStation and GoDaddy. Now it's your turn. Contact brasco at wmr.fm and rush your enterprise-level podcast into production at a very reasonable rate. Email brasco at wmr.fm. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my company's senior SEO, Scott Van Eck. Scott, we were talking earlier. Last, This is episode 360. You were last on episode 298. So welcome back. Uh, you know, I'm glad I'm so urgently needed all the time. You know, every, <laughs> every what is, whatever that works out to, every 14 to 16 months. You know, <laughs> you know, I like to keep people in suspense, waiting. Exactly. Yeah, this definitely be our best uh, listen to show. <laughs> sure. 
John will be very envious. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So first question here, and this is great. Thank you, everyone. What a great number of questions. We won't get to them all today, but we're going to work through them over the next couple of episodes. Um, lots of great questions on our Facebook. Uh, I want to say Google My Business. Not, it's not that. Our Facebook group for SEO 101. Um, first question is from Jack Fox. Hi, everyone. I have a question about how to optimize a client's Google My Business profile. They're a service area business that just expanded their coverage from a few states to several more. I already added their new service areas, but I'm wondering whether to add a new business location. This is because they now have a customer visiting center closer to their new areas of coverage. However, this new location is actually a subcontractor for my client that has and continues to run its own business under its own name. They also have a GMB listing under their own name. Meanwhile, we have listed the subcontractor's contact info on my client's website. My question is, should I list the subcontractor's location as a business location for my client in Google My Business? Would this confuse Google since there's already a business with similar services at that location? Good question, Jack. Um, I've seen this before. In fact, there's some discussions around this. Um, generally, if you've been listening to the show and you've been monitoring Google, uh, my business, it, they're pretty lax, pathetically so, about people breaking the rules. Um, now, I understand you don't want to break the rules, but I'm just saying that, um, sadly, even if you did do what you wanted to do, it probably last a while. Um, I, I don't say that to condone it, just saying that it is the fact. Uh, maybe it forces Google to fix things faster. I don't know. Anyway, that said, I think it's going to pose a problem unless you have signage. Um, there's going to be a, there's already a push for people to take photos of businesses to prove they have signage. Um, and I, I believe that uh, this is the average person who may be a, a, a Google, um, Google local guide. Uh, so, you know, got to make sure that there is some signage there and that that'll probably be difficult in this case. Um, and I do believe it's a violation because there is no clear evidence that your business is at that location. So, the quick answer is no, don't do it. Um, I think just being the fact that your service area is the best way to go. Um, they could mention that they are a, that the person who is a subcontractor. They could mention in their Google My Business profile that this is a service they offer and, and put in the, the name of your um, uh, your business, I guess, um, the particular services that this contractor is using. Um, but I guess that's already done. It's not like it's a different brand that that guy is carrying. I keep thinking of it's like a product, but it's not. So all right, you could perhaps ask a further question on this if you want about, you know, once I know a little more about what service you're offering, maybe that'll be a help um, and how this could be done. But uh, unfortunately, there is no clear cut way to do what you're, you're asking to do without breaking guidelines, as far as I know at this stage. Scott, do you want to take the next question? Uh, sure. Uh, we've got Scott Evans. Nice name, you know. Yeah, Gotta yeah. like Scott. Um, does anyone know when the new Google Gallery ads will be available to us all in AdWords? Um, I haven't actually seen these in practice, but they're kind of cool. You get the paid. Essentially, you end up with a paid ad and a, uh, a series of, I think, between four and eight images you can add to the ad that a person can flip through. 
similar to say a slider or something to that effect, all built into the ad. Um, and then if somebody tries to, they can expand those images and see them. In Where the would ad. they find this? Where would someone see these? Uh, it, it's apparently only on mobile right now uh, within the actual Google ads in the regular uh, SERPs. So a regular SERPs, so you'd be on the page yeah. and it'd be a carousel at the top? I, I believe so. That's what I'm understanding. Again, I haven't actually seen it myself. Yeah. I've only sort of seen bits and pieces of people talking about it. Um, apparently, it will be rolling out uh, later this year sometime, but there's no, uh, I think it's just in, I don't know, in beta or probably just in the US as well right now. That's probably why I haven't seen it. Um, hmm. But it is, it is coming to a mobile browser near you soon. Yeah. So Scott, not necessarily SEO, but we wanted to make sure we got to your question there. So thanks for asking. Uh, Stephen Dale says, I'm looking for a review system similar to grade.us for soliciting reviews from clients. I'd like to find a white label program that I can offer my customers. Thanks. Um, you mentioned Trustpilot, Scott, which is a good one. I don't think there's, and I guess there is a white label to that. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, was, I, I missed the white label part of his question when I suggested that answer. So I'm not totally sure. Yeah, it would be very expensive if there was white label for that. Um, the one that I, I do recommend is the one that John put in there, and that's Gather Up. Used to be Get Five Stars as a good white label program. It's very good. Um, and uh, don't try to think. There's some other ones out there that I haven't seen anything that I'd really recommend. So other than that, I mean, Mike Blumenthal is fantastic. He's been on the show multiple times. He's the go-to guy for this stuff, and he's one of the owners. So they do a really good job, and they always keep on top of things. Um, and their, their, their system is very user-friendly. So it makes it easier to onboard clients and stuff. It's one of the ones that Stepforth uses here. So um, yeah, highly recommend it. All right, one more question here. This is from Zena Scott. I'm setting up a new eco-based company. I'd like to explore eco-hosting. Out of these two companies, which one would you opt for and why? Um, so she's talking about hosting and she's given a couple examples of the ones we won't mention them um, because really at this point I think what it comes down to is what are the things you should be looking at um, you know I, I can see that eco hosting could be everything from all right that they're gaining uh, garnering a certain amount of power from um, solar wind etc and those are great ideas I think going for a business that does that's awesome um, the ones that you mentioned, Zena, you know, Scott and I were looking at, they're very cheap. And I'm not saying it can't be possible that a cheap service will be good, but I'd be very careful about it. I don't do cheap anymore for hosting. I've noticed such a staggering difference in quality, load time, service, um, stability from paying more. Um, mind you, we, you know, we pay significant where we pay 40 bucks a month uh, if we were just getting our own one site in this case we have larger than that we've got many sites on it but um that's typically what it would cost but man you get service and you get that speed you get everything you possibly could need um to keep a site relevant and and within google's guidelines um you can go for half that 20 dollars, 25 dollars, and get a damn good plan so I commend you for going for eco. Just make sure that, you know, it's got the plan that's going to work for you as well. Um, do your homework on that. I wish I had run right off the top of my head that I could recommend. Um, I think it's a very cool idea though. I think I might look around for one and offer it as an op uh, option for my clients. So there you go. So, you know, you, you helped us. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, now we have a few more questions. Uh, unfortunately, I can't get to it, um, but it'll be a good uh, start to our next show. Now I'm going to be away next week, um, and uh, we're going to be missing another show. It seems like we're every two weeks these days, but uh, we'll do our best to get back on track uh, in September. So that said, thank you for joining us today. On behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing and my company's senior SEO, Scott Van Eck. Thanks for joining us. And remember to tune into future episodes, which are at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Monday on webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.